Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. Yeah, live with the Game Changer. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> what's up, guys? What's up, what's up? What's up, man? Welcome to Wednesday. Wednesday, Game Changer Live Daily Devo. We have been talking about labels, identity, and calling. Been a great discussion, man, so far, right? Today, we got our title straight from the brain creativity of Dumasani, and it is (laughs) Uncle Unworthy. Do you have one? Do you have an Uncle Unworthy? Or has the enemy called you Uncle Unworthy? Right? Come on. You, he looked at you. He said, your uncle unworthy or your aunt. I don't know. What was the sister one from yesterday? Sister. Sister uh, not enough or something? Or that's yeah. Niece not enough. Or niece not enough. No, I don't know. Yeah, I think that was sister not enough. Yeah, sister not enough. I think. I think that's so bad, uncle actually. unworthy. <clears throat> We're talking about labels. We're talking about what the enemy tries to get us to believe. We're talking about the identity theft. We're talking about how how he steals because he can't kill and destroy, right? He wants to, but he steals. And he's a, he's a master thief. He's a master thief. And it is, it, honestly, man, I just, what I'm so excited about with this week is I'm excited about the fact that we can actually expose that. When you expose, do you know that most of the, it's kind of like fear. You know, when you, <clears throat> when you really expose fear, it's said that it loses its power. You ever notice like if you're scared of the dark, when the light comes on, the fear goes. I mean, I know you're f- afraid of the dark, but I mean, what you're afraid of to happen in the night, what you're afraid of really is not the dark. You're afraid of what can happen in the dark. And when the dark goes away, instantly, you can be in the same room moments later and the fear leaves. You ever had pain in the middle of the night and maybe a toothache? I remember as a kid having like a toothache just having something just keep you up where you tossed and turned. I mean, it was just, it, it was just so much pain. And you're, you're literally thinking, you know, I can't get any sleep, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make it through this. I mean, you're, you're legit thinking this is incredibly hard. And then, then all of a sudden the, the light comes, right? The daylight comes, the morning comes. Maybe you've dozed off the last hour because of that sheer exhaustion and you wake up and the pain's not as bad as it was. Amen. So the the enemy the enemy just like those things I think when when you, when we expose the enemy's lies we really see how, how 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 little of a foundation they have they're not built on truth obviously they're built on facade and and what God wants us to do he, and then you look over and you see the foundation of truth the foundation of God's word the foundation of of his identity your identity in him if you think about that for a second it's it's built on solid truth, God's word, right? So <clears throat> looking at Jesus and what he said to the enemy, I just want to say this before we go in because we, we mentioned this passage yesterday and we talked about identity thief. Just reading a couple of passages <clears throat> that kind of transition from yesterday into today. In Matthew 4.4, 4, in the Amplified, Jesus replied, and this is what he said to the enemy. He said, it is written. But here's the thing. This is, this is what I want you to get. I want you to get this. It's not written just for such a time as this, right? It's, it's, you know how for such a time as this is a great word. How many, how many have ever received a for such a time as this word? Like I'm in the middle of it and this for such a time as this, this podcast today, 
the fact that we're dealing with identity, the fact that we're dealing with labels, the fact that we're dealing with what you deal with can be for such a time as this word. But how many know it's not just a for such a time as this word? Because look what Jesus says. He says, it is written for such a time as this and forever remains written. That's pretty powerful. Like we all say, like we we all we all quote this part that said, hey, and Jesus said it is written. But I mean, if you really want to, if you really want to, you know, extrapolate it right out, it forever remains written. That is powerful. That's foundation. That's truth. And here's why it's here's why the enemy doesn't want you to get this. Because when you say, hey, it's written. The enemy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you say, hey, it's forever remains written, which means that it's not only going to remain, but it, it has always been. Because if you're going to take that, you're going to say God's the same yesterday, today, and he'll always be the same. Listen to this. It reminds the enemy about every time, every story, every hero, every person in the word of God that's recorded, every, every battle he lost, every scar he's received. It reminds him all the way back to the cross, it takes him all the way back and reminds him about it because Jesus said, it is written and forever remains written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's powerful. <clears throat> in 1 John 3, 1, it says, in the Amplified, it says, see what an incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us that we would be permitted to be named and called so we're talking about labels, identity, and callings, okay? So let's remove the label for a second because the enemy will label you. Man will label you. The world will label you. Society will label you. Your job, your bank account, your resume, your status, your birthright. I mean, come on, your, your, your town you live in, your, you know, your, your, uh, the class you feel like you fall into, whatever. All of that, your ethnicity, your race, your every one of those things could try to label you. But listen to this. God says, what an incredible quality and love the Father has shown to us that we would be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. That's what it says. And so we are. For this reason, the world does not know us. They don't know us. They label us, but they don't know us because it did not know him. The world didn't know him. So if the world doesn't know your daddy, the world's not going to know you because they don't know your daddy. Think about that for a second. The scripture says that what God has blessed, no man, can I just say this? What God has blessed, no man can curse. So I, I wanted to speak to the haters out there, to, you know, th to you about your haters or to you about your disqualifiers or to you about those who didn't give you the job or the promotion. They, you didn't miss out. They missed out because the scripture says what God has blessed, no man can curse. The blessing on you is more powerful than any betrayal than any negative words spoken over you. It's more powerful than how you were raised than the people trying to discredit you. So we're going to talk about Uncle Unworthy. We're going to talk about awakening to our worth, right? We've all experienced this feeling of helplessness that comes from regret. It follows a lot of times the decision that we made, that we make that we wish we hadn't. <laughs> Have you ever made decisions that you wish you had not made? Oh, yeah. The decision you wish you hadn't or the decision you didn't make that you wish you had. Have you ever wished you made a decision, you know, that you ended, you didn't make it, but you ever wish that you can go back and make it? Of course. I wish I bought Bitcoin when it was like three cents a Bitcoin. 
So most of us know that we shouldn't let regret, I mean, steal our joy. Yet I wonder how many of us know that the danger isn't actually with regret itself. So the real issue arises when a shoulda, coulda, woulda mentality festers in our minds and leaves us more frustrated than when we, than, than when we, uh, before we messed up. So can I just say, can I just say it this way? It's the shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? When it, when it begins to take root and you begin to let it consume you, you begin to let it eat at you. That's far more powerful, far more detrimental, far more potent than the regret itself. It's not the regret. It's, it's what we, it's, it's when we add the extra to it. Mm -hmm. And then when we beat ourselves up over it. It was, um, I know we don't talk about my own stuff this much, but, uh, actually there was a reason I got this. Um, I have a tattoo and it signified the day that I quit smoking, but underneath it was something that took a long time for me to get through my head, but it was the saying from a song and it says freedom releases my shame. And it's once I've been forgiven, once I've asked God, once I've given something to God, there's no longer shame on me for that regret. You may not, you may think back and think I could have made a different decision, but there's no more shame once you give something to God on that decision that you made. There's no more shame attached to you based on that. Mm -hmm. That was something that took me a long time to get past because I would always get caught up in, well, I used to do this. Like I'm clearly not worthy, you know, to be able to, you know, work for God in this way. Yeah. And that was the shame that was always attached to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Dave, I think King David is a great example to follow. I mean, he understood his relationship was God with God was based on grace and mercy and not his actions. And, and, you know, so a lot of times the way to combat uncle unworthy is, you know, is, is with, with aunt grace, you know what I'm saying? With, with uncle grace, you know what I mean? And it's, and I, and I know it sounds it sounds maybe simple, but it is. I mean, and, and he, in Psalms, and you follow what he said, and you go back to his life, and when you read in Samuel, and you read in Kings, and you read about David, and you read about when he was anointed king, and when he fought Goliath, and when he, you know, when he fell, you know, uh, <clears throat> when he slept with Bathsheba, and then killed her husband, you know, and then you read all through the Psalms where David is writing these things, that a lot of times we quote and we cling to, because this man was in a period where, you know, the enemy, Uncle Unworthy, was breathing down his neck because, you know, he paid the price. He he would he had been forgiven, but he but he, it lingered with him. This this weight hung over him. And Uncle Unworthy constantly reminded him of it. And so you read through the Psalms where David is laying his bearing his soul to God, right? And so he's a great example, though, that he understood ultimately that his relationship with God. Was, was strictly based on grace and mercy and not on his actions. And I think this is a message of the cross as well. We don't draw near to God on our own merit, but through faith in Jesus. It's, it's, not, it's not, you know, we don't draw closer to God on our own merit. We have to do it through Jesus because we have to receive that price that was paid, and that's the path in. And to respond properly to regret, okay, I think this, we must know that our worth goes beyond behavior and instead is rooted in our relationship to God. I'm going to say that again, to respond properly to regret. Because you're going to, you're going to, listen, you're going to, you're going to have, you're going to feel regret. Regret's going to try. The enemy, uncle, uncle unworthy, that's what he does. 
he he is an expert at 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 you know at making us causing us to regret and again knows that the battle is in our mind there's a great book that was written probably a couple of decades ago by Joyce Meyer called The Battlefield of the Mind and it's a great book because she illuminates how you know the enemy battles and attacks us in the place of our thinking in our mind and so the battle the enemy knows is in the mind so if he can get regret that we already feel that by the way, when, if regret is a sin, or if regret, if if in that regret somehow we disobeyed God, then God we reconcile that with God almost instantly, and God forgives us. And you know, a lot of times we can even recover from that in situations. But the reality is, we live with that regret. We don't evict the regret. We regret. We keep the regret, and then we allow it to do what regret does, and and it and it then it grows like a chia pet. You know, and we got this, we got all of these other Uncle Unworthy begins to invite all of his, we talked yesterday, all of his friends in, all of his kinfolk. He throws parties. He he has people crashing out on your couch. And so the reality is regret itself is, is something that we ha- have to deal with. And to properly respond to regret, we must know that our worth goes beyond behavior and instead is rooted in our relationship to God. If we tie worth our worth to performance, then we're setting ourselves up for failure. Maybe not at first, because we can usually live for a while without making any major mistake, right? I mean, come on. So, you know, you get out from under an altar call, you get out from under an anointing, you get saved, you get touched. God, you know, God does something in your life. I mean, yes, we're going to, we're going to live, we're going to live a while, right? Without making any major mistake, but sooner or later, we're going to fail. And and if, if our sense of worth is dependent on our behavior, the shame of our failure will bring us down. Man, you need to put that in the notes, Sam. That's good right there. So if if our sense of worth is depend dependent on our behavior, the shame of failure will bring us down. But our worth is based on two things, two facts, two truths. First, we're made in God's image. Second, we can identify ourselves with Jesus and receive new life in him. So it means even when we're less than perfect, guys, his perfection is still ours. Even when we show our flaws, his identity is still what counts. This does not give us license right, to fail or an excuse to sin, but it does give us a reason to rise again when we inevitably do both. And, and so, and here's the deal, in spite of what Uncle Unworthy says, right, in spite of how he's sitting around telling, like, childhood stories of you, right? He's saying, I remember when you fell down and did this. Oh, do you remember when you tried to do that, son? You you remember? You're, you've never been good at that. I mean, Uncle Unworthy, right? You, you, he begins to just lay lay on the family, the family stories, and they're never edifying, right? It's Uncle Unworthy. But two facts, right? Number one, we're made in God's image, and number one, we identify ourselves with Jesus. So whenever I haven't behaved, right, in agreement with God's word, I'm often tempted to allow my mistakes to strip me of my worth or force me to try to prove my value. Anybody there? Oh yeah. I mean that's that's the real deal, right? We try to we try to make we we try to you know uh, we, we we allow our mistakes to strip us of our worth or we try to force ourselves to prove our value. But here's the thing: I believe we have to keep choosing not to go there, and it's a choice. It's not easy, but in those moments. You know, there's multiple multiple places in the scriptures where people turn their focus to, to the grace, 
that they've received in Jesus instead of the shame of their own actions. And so grace, God's grace redefines my shame. The hidden benefit of regret is that it reminds us, and that's crazy right there, right? The hidden benefit of regret. So where we're sitting there with regret going, man, it's festering, you know, if we allow it to take root and grow, you know, we look at it as all negative, but there's a hidden benefit of regret, and it's that it reminds us of our deficiencies and our insufficiencies and, and regret propels us to find our value in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Boom. That was kind of what I was talking about with the freedom releases my shame is it was for the longest time I carried shame about things I've done in the past, things that, you know, even though I had said, God, please forgive me of this, you know, I've moved on from this. It's no longer part of me. It always stayed in the back of my mind like you were this person. You can never fully move into the benefit of what God wants you to do because you were this person. This is what you did. You left church and went and did this. Like, this is what you did. This is who you were. And it's like, I always was carrying that for years. Right. I could never get past it. And the enemy used it. It kept me from furthering my, not only my relationship, but my life. Like, I was stuck in a rut for probably two years dealing with things that I had, do, um, that I had done that I couldn't get past the shame of it. I didn't want to talk about it because I was so ashamed of it. The one, you know, the powerful point about your testimony is it's, not only is it liberating for you to talk about, but it's liberating for others to hear that you, they're go, somebody else is going through the same thing that you went through. And part of that shame that I was dealing with was I didn't want to talk about it because I regretted the things that I had done. Mm -hmm. And that shame prevented me from potentially touching other people with my story. Yeah, it would, and it'll do it. And that's the whole purpose of the enemy. The whole purpose of the enemy, because, I mean, your testimony, the Bible says in Revelations that we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So the enemy knows that. And so he knows that it's by the blood of the lamb. And then what did the blood of the lamb cover? And what did that cause to become a testimony in our life? So the saving and salvation, he can't go back and steal that. But if he can steal your testimony or if he can stifle your testimony, you know, and then, then he can stop someone else from receiving the freedom in Jesus. And that's what's powerful. And, <clears throat> um, and so the, the, that's the job of the enemy. His job is to keep you in regret, keep you in shame. If you can look up the word um, worthy just for a second, because I'm going to use Elisa's comment here in a second as well. I'm going to go a little further. But, um, you know, just one thing really quick. I don't want to get off topic, but it's right on really topic of, of what a testimony can do. I don't know what song it is. Matthias sent something into our uh, family chat this morning into the text. It was just a TikTok, and it was, <laughs> if you can get past the girl in the front that's acting all, you know, crazy because it's Shawn Mendez. Did you guys hear what Sean Mendez, a testimony or whatever, or something he said? So we'll, <clears throat> I'll show you guys after. But it's, um, I'm sure there's a, the real video that's behind it somewhere you can find. Yeah. And maybe yeah. we'll post it in the thread here on Facebook um, specifically. But anyway, it's pretty powerful. But the, and again, there's a little girl in the front. She, I guess, is in love with Sean Mendez because he happens to be talking about Jesus. She's like, oh, you marry me. But the reality is, is what he's saying behind it. He's on a podcast being interviewed, and he just says, he says, I listened to, he said, what, he said I, what I thought was science and what I thought was, was radical, radicalism all my life, he said, I found myself watching a YouTube video. He said, he goes, I think it was, and he's looking at the guy's Maverick Choir or something like that. It was Maverick City Worship. And he said, you know, then they started singing this song, and he goes, next thing I know, I'm crying. And he said, you know the kind of crying where you're just letting something go? And he said, I felt like I was at home. And he said they were singing about Jesus and they were singing. And then, so then he's just talking about this. And my point is, 
is I don't know what song it was. Maybe he says it later on or whatever. That's, that's irrelevant at this particular second. But whatever song it was, it was someone's testimony. Do you get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I know Maverick City, and I know the way they sing, and I know where they write their music out of, and you can tell. And it's based out of a testimony. And so what he, what was moving to him and what liberated him and what touched him and moved him was someone else's testimony. So that's why the enemy is after your identity. That's why. Now you may not, you may not minister to Sean Mendez, but you may minister to Sean sitting in the cubicle next to you, Des. Come you know on. what I'm saying? Like, in other words, you know, Sean Mendez, but how about Sean sitting next to your desk? <laughs> that's good. All right, so let's talk about worthy for a second. Let's read Elisa's comment too. Do uh, you want the comment first or definition first? Um, so let's let's read the definition first. All okay. right, so worthy, um, having or showing the qualities or abilities that merit recognition in a specific way. A person notable or important in a particular sphere. So the first one, having or showing the qualities or abilities that merit recognition in a specific way. Okay. Um, go down to the what does worthy mean there in that little click right there. Let me see this. Having worth or value, all right? Um, esti- what is that word? Estimable? estimable? Estimable. That's a really difficult word to say. It's, it's, it's off-putting. Esti- <laughs> estimable. Estimable. A worthy it's a cause. a little bit wrong. It, 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 it's well, it's just it's, a little it's bit off. Google, man. No, I'm Honorable. Worthy candidates. Having sufficient worth or importance. So we get it, right? Having worth or value, you know, estimated, worthy, a cause. So let's go to her comment for a second. We're talking, about, we're talking about Uncle Unworthy, and her comment says what she always felt was so powerful is that it's nothing that we have done or that makes us worthy. It's most simply because he said we are worthy. And then that's, that's the power of the gospel right there. Her comment is the power of the gospel. So the enemy gives you a million reasons. Uncle Unworthy gives you a million and one reasons why you are not worthy. And let me just tell you what all of his, listen to this for a second. What all of his reasons are based on are facts. Like, I mean, they're facts. Like what you've done, who you've been, where you've gone, who you've hurt, what you didn't do, what you couldn't do. I mean, all of the things that have pieces of truth in our life. But the, so all of, all of Uncle, un, Uncle Unworthy reasons for you being unworthy are based out of situations, and, and so and we know that. So when he when he brings them up, it it put it begins to cause us to question our identity. The only thing that Jesus qualifies you and I. So if you go back to the definition of worthy, it, it, it talks about you know like you know uh, having or showing qualities or abilities. You may not listen. Here's the thing: you may not even you may not even be showing something that's really really worthy but you're showing the quality of the one who is. You may not have the, the abilities to be worthy, but you, but you are grafted into the one who has the abilities. And then your abilities, his abilities are your abilities. So, so my point is, is that you may not have no worth or value, but you're plugged into the, wor- the one who is greater than any other. So you go back to her comment, and the one, the, the one prerequisite that God gives for being worthy is that he said you're worthy. Come on, man. It's like the enemy is like, you did this, you're gone there, you, 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 all of these things. And then Jesus says, but yeah, you're worthy because I said you're worthy. You're worthy because I said you're worthy. 
And to question our worth reality means that we question the very purpose of the cross because you are questioning God's buying decision. There's something we do in sales where we say, hey, you know, when you're on the phone with somebody and you're trying to present your product to them, be careful not to insult their buying decision. Well, I work with so-and-so. The worst thing you can do, the worst thing you can do, and it's an amateur move in sales, is say, oh, yeah, well, so-and-so, they're not, we're a lot better than they are. Now, there's a way to say, hey, I believe that we will do a better job because of this, because of this, because, but when you say, you know, yeah, they're, we're better than they are. They're not that good. Nah, nah, When you're telling that to somebody, you're insulting their buying decision because they're using them. <clears throat> so I'm going to tell you that if you question, and I question our worthiness and listen to Uncle Unworthy, we're questioning God's buying decision because God sent his only son to die for you and I. So if he thinks we're worthy of Jesus, then who am I to question? The same one that spoke the universe into existence, the same one that created light, the same one that created the earth, the same one that created everything around us, said you, David, Matthias, Ezra, Elisa, Dumasani, Mike, are worthy. Mm. It's crazy to think about that that person is saying, yeah, I get it, you messed up this morning. You woke up and, you know, you had a really rough morning. You're still worthy. You flipped that person off that cut you off in traffic this morning. You're still worthy. It's crazy to think about. It's hard to fathom sometimes. Yeah, it's, 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 so I love it. I love it. So our identity, and, and tomorrow we're going to talk about, we're going we're gonna to talk about, you know, we're going to hammer it home. <laughs> We're going to begin, we're going around the, the, the home stretch Thursday, Friday, and we're going to hammer it home. We're going to cause it to sink in, Matthias. You know what I'm saying? We're going to cause it to sink in. And then Friday, we're going to get into, you scroll down to the, Friday, we're going to get into a little more of, you know, play, rooting it in scripture and rooting it in uh, truth. And, and what I want you to understand, I want you to go into the weekend. I want you to go into the weekend and go into July and go into 4th of July and we celebrate freedom, understanding who you are in Jesus. That's what I want us to do. Is that good? Yes, it is. Amen. Dumasani says, so true. Often he sees in us what we can't. Amen. Any other comments here we can know? Um, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made from Dana mm -hmm. Dowd. Love it. It's not about what people say about you. It's what God says about you. Let's not forget we have God's favor in our life. Mm. Don't underestimate favor. Never underestimate favor. Amen. Amen. Well, good stuff, guys. I got to think of the song of the day really quick. <laughs> I was so, I was so caught up talking with you. You guys got anything to say before we get? Sam, you got anything? You good? All right. I think it's pretty. I cool. mean, you going with tears? Go on, you, know I mean. you said I mean. I, 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 would, I can't was say I mean say, without following. I mean, <laughs> I mean. I mean. I can recommend a song of the day if you want. No, uh, I uh, kind of what Mike was saying. It's hard to fathom uh, sometimes what you know, like we're worthy. Like God says we're worthy, and it's hard to fathom. Like we'll never be not worthy because God says it. But it's also hard to like accept. Like it's like, but am I like? Yeah. Like. Like, it's really hard to accept, I feel like, um, as well as remember um, that we are. But accepting it is, like, is a must. Like, 
Um, that's what God says we are, uh, no matter what, no matter when, no matter where. Um, tomorrow, yesterday, today. So just accept that, I, I would say, um, if you need to today, um, just as a reminder, because it's what God says you are. Amen. As? Um, I mean, I can say, at least for me, this was something that was um, impactful for me this week, actually. Um, Monday was one of those days, like Mike was talking about us saying the other day, just it seemed like the world was kind of caving in and it just like things just did not go the way that I had intended for them to go to and there was um, choices I made in my life that you know there's a lot of things that you know you start to not see as something that could be a problem that turns into a problem and then like next thing you know it becomes something that you can't handle and then all of a sudden that's where that that's where the enemy comes in and he starts to make you feel like man you're becoming a disappointment you're becoming unworthy of um, you know, doing your duties the way that you're intended to and you're unworthy of being who you're intended to be. Mm. And so it was just really impactful like to think that like, you know, it was really helpful too and like I'm very blessed to have a team that I have um, that's willing to sit down and say like, like talk to us about what's happening here. Like realize your worth and understand that you're better than what you're having to go through right now and whatever and that, you know, you might get caught up in that kind of, um, snowball effect kind of thing that turns into a situation a lot of times and so like you know it was really eye-opening and like it really helped me a lot and like already like there's been stuff that like I've been trying to work on and things here at work and things in my personal life and just things in general like you know you don't realize how much a problem can become a problem until it's kind of thrown in your face and you realize that you've hit a point where things need to change and so I don't know it's just really cool to like see how that kind of applied already and like a message like this can come in, into play really quickly for you. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Mike, before you post it, there's another song too I want you to post after this. It's an old school song by Clint Brown. It's called okay. Worthy. And it's, uh, you could post that in there too, but it's just a, just a, yeah, just a song that I used to listen to like tw- 20 years ago probably, but it's a good song. It's called Worthy, but it's, uh, and then, uh, so anyway, what were we going to say? Song of the Day is uh, As You Find Me. It's probably one of my favorite worship songs that's come out in the past, like, five or six years. Um, it literally just talks about, you know, God's love for us, where we are. Mm. And I feel like it kind of is applicable to this when you're sometimes stuck in a spot where remembering whether you are not worthy, mm-hmm. um, he's always going to find you right in that spot. And the song after that is the one Dave just referenced, which is from Clint Brown called Worthy. Yeah, it's an old song, but it's... Uh... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with some Clint Brown, man. No, no, Clint Brown is like the Clint Brown's how we, you know, Clint Brown's like like Jesus music. We need, we need some, <laughs> back in church, like church, like, Pente- like Pentecostal church music, man. We need some, we need some like boom tap music today. That, I think it's a slower song though. Uh, no, I'm saying we need that today. Mm-hmm. But thank you all for boom listening. Tap. It is Wednesday. We will see you guys tomorrow morning, eight thirty, bright and early. Uh, who wants to say it? On that note, we out. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villa's Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.